All right. That's that's it for Wednesday Talk Radio. Bye, everybody. Listening to KBOO Portland 90.7 FM. The time is 8:59 a.m. Next up is Fight the Empire. Good morning. It's a good day to fight the empire, as always. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the uh, discussion will sort of continue on from uh, Paul Roland's excellent show on what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, so if people want to call in, the number is 503-231-8187. Uh, there's an interesting article uh, by uh, Jeffrey Sachs, of all people, who is... Uh, one of the instigators of uh, what's going on in Ukraine, but uh, I don't know if he had a change of heart or what. But he has an article in uh, it's in the uh, Oregon in the uh, Peace Worker uh, Journal, and uh, according to uh, Jeffrey Sachs, uh, the war in Ukraine is a culmination of a 30-year project of the American neoconservative movement. Uh, it says the Biden administration is packed with the same neocons who champion U.S. wars of choices: Serbia, Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, and Libya, 
and did so much to provoke Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So uh, this is an excellent article. Uh, uh, he goes into the history of the uh, the neocon track record as one of unmitigated disaster. Uh, yet uh, Biden has staffed his team with neocons. As a result, uh, Biden is steering Ukraine, the U.S., and the European Union toward yet another geopolitical debacle. If Europe has any insight, it will separate itself from these foreign policy debacles. And so uh, the, the main message of the, uh, of the Ukraine, uh, of the uh, of the neocons of the U.S. must predominate in every military power over every, in every region of the world and must confront uh, rising regional powers that could someday challenge this, uh, this uh, uh, state of affairs. So uh, if people want to uh, call in about uh, what's going on in Ukraine now, number is 503 231 8187. And we might recall that uh, in Ukraine that uh, that the president of Ukraine, Viktor Yanukovych, was elected. He was elected by a reasonably fair uh, democratic vote, and he was overthrown by the what they call the so-called uh, uh, Maidan Revolution. Uh, Maidan is a uh, square in, in the city of Kiev. And uh, there were sort of street people there uh, who were uh, who helped uh, overthrow the government of Yanukovych, which we should keep in mind was elected. And uh, some of these um, people were uh, what would you you might call them neo-Nazis. They were members of this uh, what's called the Azov Battalion which is sort of a, a militia, military movement. And uh, and they, uh, so they overthrew Yanukovych, and he left. And then uh, what happened after that was that uh, the, uh, the Russians, in, uh, the Russia had, uh, Entered the, entered the battle and they helped overthrow uh, uh, the government that was there and overthrowing Yanukovych. But uh, what's happening is that the, uh, the, the since then the the U.S. has imposed sanctions on uh, Russia, but the sanctions are, according to an article in uh, in in uh, in the website called the Hill, which is, refers to Capitol Hill in Washington, and it talks about Washington politics, and the sanctions against Moscow are hurting their own country's economies without significantly crimping the Kremlin's war machine. As the back-to-back group of seven and and NATO summits underscored. Western leaders are straining to find new ways to deter Russian President Vladimir Putin. In fact, the fallout from the U.S. has led sanctions on Russia has ended the era of cheap oil and gas 
and contributed to surging inflation, supply chain disruptions, and a looming recession in the West. In poorer countries, by sending fuel and food prices higher, the sanctions are threatening livelihoods and uh, political stability. So these uh, sanctions, which are made supposedly uh, to punish uh, Russia for uh, defending elected uh, president in Ukraine, have backfired and are hurting the people of uh, of, of, uh, of Ukraine. So, but the interesting thing to me is that when uh, when stories uh, when the news stories seem to start with the uh, uh, with the Russian invasion of two thousand. Uh, 24, uh, 2014, but they don't talk about uh, what uh, what led up to that. They don't talk about uh, uh, the machinations and the overthrow of an elected president in Ukraine. And so uh, you could say that the uh, the Russian invasion was uh, was maybe was not justified, but it was certainly provoked. Uh, by the, all these events that had happened before. So uh, if people want to call in, the number is uh, 503-231-8187. How do you feel about what's going on in Ukraine now? In fact, uh, the uh, callers from the, uh, this is sort of a way a continuation of uh, Paul Rowland's show. We talk about a lot of the same things, and so people want to make points about that uh if they fit in with the uh, uh, with the topic here too, so five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. It's interesting that uh, there was so much talk about uh, Donald Trump being, uh, you know, being a uh, sort of evil person. To me, Trump was one of the biggest fools ever to sit in the White House. But uh, in a way, it's like. Uh, Compared to Trump, uh, and Joe Biden, to many people, Joe Biden is kind of like a uh, a relief. He's uh, he's not bombastic. He's not an obvious idiot. But in some ways, uh, you might say that uh, President Biden is uh, is even more dangerous than Trump. I mean, Trump is obviously such an obvious uh, uh, scoundrel that uh, you know. Biden uh, talks uh, uh, talks a different line, but uh, he sort of pursues the same uh, uh, warlike, uh, war-loving policies. So uh, this is what's going on in Ukraine now. And but the uh, the sanctions are uh, seem to be failing, and they are hurting uh, they are hurting their own countries. And so. Uh, one reason is that these sanctions have uh, cut off, uh, sort of crimped the uh, the supply of oil that, uh, that that the West gets from uh, from Russia. Russia has a sort of plentiful supply of oil and gas, and uh, it keeps uh, it keeps uh, the economies of the West uh, running uh, more smoothly than they would otherwise. So. Uh, these the sanctions have failed, and they are hurting their own countries. Uh, we might ask uh, uh, one thing that uh, this uh, su- the supply of oil, uh, dwindling supply of oil, 
brings about is a sort of a uh, it, it's a cause for inflation. You can see it the when you go to the uh, gas station to uh, fill up uh, your tank. I think uh, last I saw the uh, I think gas uh, gasoline was something like seven dollars a gallon. Uh, I don't know if it's sad now, but uh, that's a uh, a lot higher than it used to be not so many years ago. And so uh, we see inflation with uh, with the price of oil, and uh, oil is sort of what uh, the, our economy revolves around. Oil not only it moves our goods; it's also uh, used for pre- as a uh, so a ingredient in many of the things we take for granted uh, in the marketplace, and so uh, uh, when the price of oil goes up, uh, that sort of brings about the uh, uh, the price of everything. So what uh, the inflation we see now, uh, which uh, to me it looks like it might be a permanent inflation, because this is. Uh, in a way, this is uh, our the century we're in now. That we're about one third of the, or one quarter of the way through, is a is a, is a um, an oil centered uh, century, and it's uh, probably the last century in which uh, we will have the supply of oil. And so, uh, what kind of an economy? Uh, what what will happen to inflation? Uh, as the oil dwindles uh, in supply and, and eventually runs out, it'll probably uh, at the at the rate we're going, the uh, oil will probably run out completely sometime uh, sometime in this century. And we might ask uh, what uh, what happens then. There are two callers. So we have a caller, I believe. Two callers. Okay, let's take the callers. Harry. Oh, good. Okay, Harry. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, I'm really disappointed in Biden in his whole presidency because um, we voted him in to roll back what Trump was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing he should have did was to um, um, sit down with China and said, okay, we'll lift all our tariffs, you lift all your tariffs, and we'll sit down and discuss this because uh, Trump wanted bilateral uh, trade negotiations when the uh, we've been doing usually partnership with quite a few com- uh, uh, countries. And uh, but uh, uh, Trump wanted bilateral, which means between U.S. and China only. Well, mm-hmm. actually, it was a shakedown. You know, it was uh, Trump trying to shake down the. The Chinese and he didn't. They didn't want to have nothing to do with it. And the next thing he should have, uh, Biden should have did was for um, um, uh, go back to the, um, the the treaty negotiation we had with Iran. And he should have said, "Okay, Iran, we're gonna. Uh, it was wrong what Trump did, and we're gonna go back to what uh, uh, what you had agreement with Obama." But and that's one thing that always kind of uh, makes me wonder is that uh, one of the things that Trump did, one of the many destructive things he did was to uh, 
tear up this agreement with uh, with Iran. Uh, you'd think that uh, when Trump was out of office, that uh, President Biden would have restored that, but apparently he did not. Yeah, he didn't do that. He didn't do with the Chinese. He also didn't do with immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, all the immigration laws that uh, uh, that um, that Trump put in are still there and in place and in and enforced. And so it was just like uh, so. I'm really disappointed. So that's why. You know, um, I think Biden just—I I just don't understand why he did these things. His, his presidency is a disaster. And as for um, what's going on in Ukraine, I, I can tell you what Russia is, uh, what Putin is thinking right now. What, what is he going to do with Ukraine? The first thing I would do is going to be a long roar. I expect it to be three to five years, mm. and. Um, and I think what the Russians are going to do, they're going to make um, Ukraine a landlocked country, just like NATO did to Serbia um, with Kosovo. When when they uh, when the UN and the um, NATO decided to have Kosovo, uh, said we're going to make that a free country, that cut off Serbia from the sea. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, people thought and, that's that's an interesting bit of history that people might want to uh, kind of investigate some more but uh, I'll tell you what I think we have another caller waiting so uh, I want to thank oh. you very much for your call. Hey no problem no problem at all talk to you later bye. Hey do we have another caller? Yeah good morning Hello good morning Yeah I, uh, I <clears throat> appreciate the topic uh, that you're bringing up because uh, it's something that I think you know even on this station, I, I feel there is a lot of like Ukrainian flag waving. And um, one thing that I wanted to bring up was this idea that it was somehow unprovoked. Um, Blackwater, the CIA military mercenary group that's ran by Eric Prince, mm-hmm. was in, they were in Ukraine last year with over $100 million on a contract to make a private army inside Ukraine. And it has come out now, too, in in just media, our U.S. media, that there are ex-American soldiers in Ukraine fighting right now. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's just, uh, it's it's incredible to me watching uh, how quick people who consider themselves anti-war activists or liberal, you know, progressive you know and then falling for this very simple in my eyes a very simple trap with the media because from the very beginning i did not support this war with russia in ukraine um and it's just sad watching the the manipulation that the media can do because everybody was going around saying putin is a bully (laughs) And it's just so funny because, well, what about America going into Ukraine? Uh, you know, we've heard of Elf on a Shelf, but have you seen McCain in Ukraine? Uh, that's, that's you know, this is entirely American uh, imperialism trying to control another nation's oil mm-hmm. with the whole Barusima. Uh, I don't know if you realize Joe Biden's son was all wrapped up into that, where they were trying to con- they were trying to appoint Energy Department people in Ukraine, and this was all right before. Uh, you, you know, more in, you have is, more information on that. I've been hearing a lot about Hunter Biden, but 
See, we never really gotten the whole story about that. So, to my knowledge, there was people who were running Ukraine's energy or oil department, something with uh, their energy sector, and because they were still essentially from that, uh, the uh, I, what I can't think of his name, the guy that was uh, the guy that was ousted by our CIA in 2014, the Madras coup. Oh, uh, Yanukovych. Yanukovych, thank you. <laughs> there were still people that were associated with Yanukovych's party who were in Ukraine, and America was somehow we didn't we didn't we like refused to do any business with Ukraine until this person stepped down. And American news will have us believe that it was through corruption and that we needed to have this other person. But now this other person was tied with Barusima, which is how Hunter Biden gets wrapped up into it, because he is I don't know if he worked for Barusima or invested in Barusima. Honestly, that goes beyond uh, my knowledge. But the connection between Joe Biden's son and Barusima is the fact that we were for like we wanted to have our people. Uh, I say our people, I mean the American government, um, you know, people who were uh, supportive of Joe Biden's son was what it was. And so it looks bad on the front is what we were told. But when you dive in deeper to it, this is just a control of those resources. Mm-hmm. And the idea that somehow this is a totally unprovoked attack is just I don't see how people can see that anymore. Uh, I mean, hopefully, you know, they're listening to this type of stuff and, and looking at the facts that you can't even get on the TV or radio. Well, you can here, but I mean, you know, they, they blocked, they're blocking Russia today. They're blocked, uh, you know, these news. I don't know if you, I'm sure you were listening to the program before consortium news. It's, it's a real push right now to try to get good information. And I think that would, you know, I think ultimately that is hindering the anti-war activists who fall for this trap that, you know, Putin was a bully and just decided to randomly attack Ukraine for no mm-hmm. reason at all. And, uh, uh, you know, Putin, it's like Putin's, this, uh, Putin's not my favorite person. You know, he's got his problems, too. But, uh, uh, you know, what uh, does not justify the actions that the U.S. or West has taken in Ukraine. So, uh, you know, he is uh, like his uh, the, this Russian invasion was certainly provoked. Uh, it was, maybe it was not justified, but it was provoked by uh, the, the the U.S. The West is sort of what they call poking the bear. You know, kind of. Well, with the lack of information that we're able to get on the on the on the topic, I, I would mm-hmm. suggest that I I believe that Russia was doing and and believe me, I'm not trying to support Putin, but from what I saw during this whole conflict of now five months or so or six months now, um, it seems like Russia was doing strategic attacks on the bio labs that the U.S. Department had to say are legitimate. Regions. If you look at where Russia and the fighting's going on, I don't think they're trying to make it landlocked. They're taking back the regions that they had initially given to Ukraine. Uh, if you look at where they're attacking, they're attacking where those bio labs are that America is funding. Um, and I don't think that they're trying to take over Ukraine. You know, this idea that like Russia's doing all this stuff, and you know, and to think that we'll have an idea as citizens here in this 
you know, advanced technological age, like we'll have any idea of what's going on in the battlefield there is silly because propaganda, if you study war, is the biggest thing that countries produce during war times. And it's trying to manipulate, you know, people's feelings. It's trying to manipulate people's thoughts and actions and support towards, uh, you know, whichever it is. And so, yeah, to that, to that, I, I do want to say, you know, I'm not supporting Russia in any of this. I think that all imperialist nations shouldn't be, you know, allowed to destroy stuff. But it looks like to me that Russia is taking Donbass and the Crimea region, which was initially theirs, and those people are also, you know, Russians. I think that they were subject to heavy Ukrainian. Uh, Nazi terrorism. Uh, if you look at that region, there is a great documentary called Ukraine on Fire. Um, mm-hmm. Those regions needed to be saved, I would say. Because, yeah, so, you know, I don't know if Russia's this big guy that's going to go save them, but I mean, for what, from what I've heard, these Nazis in Ukraine are, have done, and Zelensky just let out a bunch of prisoners, by the way, uh, Nazi prisoners, to help fight in this war down there uh i i think that it's going to cause more terrorism i think we're arming terrorists i think we are in nothing's new but um anyway uh, thank you for that thank you for the the topic today and uh, i'll take my uh i'll take the myself off the air thank you very much well i want to thank you for your call uh well there's a a lot of uh talk uh you can check it out. I think I would really recommend reading Consortium News. It's one of the best uh, news sources around, so uh, it's highly recommended here. I get a lot of my information from Consortium News. But uh, the um, there is a one school of thought. Uh, there are some observers who say that the that the U.S. that Biden is actually uh, intending to. Uh, uh, bring down the government to, to, to change uh, regime change regime change in Russia. Bring a, bring about the downfall of Putin and uh, and uh, what happens then make uh, make uh, Russia more uh, friendly to the West. Well, if we look back before uh, uh, before uh, Putin, back in the days when uh, when Yeltsin was in charge. Uh, what happened to Russia then was really it was uh, it was devastating because uh, uh, Yeltsin was uh, his whole thing was to uh, uh, privatize the uh, sort of all these state-owned properties in the Soviet Union, and they were kind of auctioned off to uh, uh, Western uh, Western uh, uh, wealthy people, and. Um, and it destroyed it destroyed the uh, uh, the Russian economy. It's uh, so when people uh, Yeltsin finally had to uh, well he had his own he had his own drinking problem and uh, he was really not able to function. And so, uh, but the, the years of uh, of him ruling Russia were really kind of disastrous for the Russian people. And then he. Uh, I think this lesson was not lost on uh, Putin. So uh, whatever you might say about Putin, at least he's not uh, kind of giving away the store like uh, uh, Boris Yeltsin. We have two callers. We have a caller on the air? Uh, Phil. I'm online? Phil. Hello, you're on the air. Yes. Um, I want to 
comment about the criticism of our current sitting president and mm -hmm. uh, the fact that many believe he should have come in and just overturned um, the things that we don't like. I'm at a point in my life where I realize ruling by decree, we will end up with a king um, mm -hmm. rather than a president. And um, I think that we should be having the conversation not about what a president is capable of doing, but when we have a democratic uh, elected government with respect to Congress and others, that we have states that are also involved in this with respect to their representatives either cooperating or not. So mm -hmm. I'm at a point to where I fear having everything done by executive order because what's to stop the next Trump election appointee from becoming our king and just doing everything by executive order that and could be. Trump, the democratic process? Trump might get reelected. Who knows, in the next election. So I think you're raising a very good point. I think we have another caller waiting, too. So I want to thank you for your call. And uh, do, we, do we have another caller? Is there another caller waiting? We do, yes. Okay, let's hear that caller. You're on the air. Hello? We, lo we lost him. Hello? We lost him. Oh, we lost that caller. Well, we're getting near the end of the show. We've got the, about two or three minutes left. So we time for one quick call if somebody wants to do it. But... Uh, What's going on now in in uh, in Ukraine has been uh, has been a, a real disaster, as, uh, as Jeffrey Sachs wrote in his article. But uh, it's uh, with the price of you know Hello. basically we got a caller back. Okay, we got a caller back. Hello, you're on the Hi. air. Hello, Para. Yes. Hi, I just wanted to say uh, there was a, a YouTube that's been circulating from a few years ago of Joe Biden bragging about getting the prosecutor in Ukraine fired. Uh, and this prosecutor was investigating uh, Burisma, which, mm -hmm. of course, was employing uh, Joe Biden's son. And the, the theory was that the prosecutor uh, may have actually uncovered the deep corruption that Burisma had. And, and thereby implicate uh, Hunter Biden. So mm. Joe Biden's bragging about having actually successfully fired this Ukrainian prosecutor a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and, and ho holding out a billion dollars of U.S. aid. And he was saying, well, they, they didn't think I really had that much leverage over the billion dollars that Ukraine was getting because he's not the president. And Biden very proudly says, watch me. I, I, you know, I'm just I'm a I'm a senator, but I can do this. It's like if you, if you don't fire this prosecutor within X number of hours, you're not getting the money. Oh uh, boy. Okay. Well, I think we're near the end of our. Uh, I want to thank you for bringing up that point. Uh, this is certainly something that uh, we should be looking into. Uh, it's something that I don't know enough about. I want to find out some more. So I want to thank you for raising that point. And uh, uh, this has been. Uh, uh, Fight the Empire on uh, KBOO, your radio station. I want to thank all the listeners and callers. And so uh, uh, stay tuned because there's always good stuff coming up on KBOO, which is your radio station.